0: The personal is always political, and the political is always personal. You're tuned in to Poppin' Policies with R. Jordan Davis. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning into Popping Policies. Today in the Situation Room, we have political strategist and organizer, Andre, to talk to us about state leadership and the role the Electoral College plays in our nation's political system. And so without further delay, let's hop right into this conversation. So Dre, in this time, you know, during Corona, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, during this pandemic, you see um, a lot of forms of leadership. And so um, I guess with the governor um, having, you know, I guess having the the jurisdiction to govern any way they see fit on a state-to-state basis, What should a governor be doing during this, during this pandemic? Like, what is the role of a governor during these times of crisis?
1: Well, I'll, I'll get, I'll get to that in a second. But I guess first I should just say that like three weeks ago, um, the governor, you know, admitted that he had just learned about asymptomatic transmission of COVID-19, right? Despite oh, wow. numerous public reports that had been released weeks prior. And just a few days ago, and <laughs> what we're say- saying is, you know, is a further display of incompetence and ignorance. He announced that he he's going to reopen the state, which he did today without yeah. having done like three really important things, um, mm-hmm. at least in my opinion. Um, one, he should expand expanded Medicaid because mm-hmm. he needs to cover the hundreds of thousands of people here in Georgia who don't have health insurance and are being affected by this. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have waited for Georgia to be able to, to conduct more tests. Um, of individuals because right now um, there's a paucity of of tests that um, can be administered here in the state and we're like far behind. And then like his own office should have had like a clear and cohesive message, you know, before deciding right. like to move forward because you know you saw members of his his task force who didn't know. Um, then there were mayors from around the state who were blindsided by his um, decision to reopen the state. And the crazy thing is, you know, Georgia has the fourteenth highest infection rate um in the nation and the seventh lowest testing rate. Um insane. And, right. And there are thousands of like low wage workers who have already been forced to risk their lives to make to make a living, right? Right. So one another thing is grocery store and food processing workers. Um, they have yet to be classified as first responders, mm. and if they are classified as first responders, that will provide them with access to what's called PPE, which is um, personal protective equipment and, and essential resources, basically to help keep them and their families safe. Okay. Um, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, like. That
0: to so I know you know most. A lot of um, the cities that um, comprise Georgia are rural. Mm-hmm. Does that in does that um, what you were just talking about? Does that um, is that available for farmers and for people who own farmland? Would they be considered in that category as well?
1: So under this state of emergency, the governor has like broad power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to basically really do as he sees fit. Um, honestly, to Protect the state because we're in you know this this crisis right now. Um, so anyone who he deems and puts into that um, into that classifies as a as a as a PPE um, first a first responder um, would be available to have that uh, that PPE protection. You no, know, he could classify those right. people as as um first responders. Because I know they're
0: struggling as well, and I know um, a lot of their produce are, or in production are going to waste because they're not really able to, you know, ship it safely um, without going through the necessary health measures needed um, for it to be cleared. So I know they're struggling and they're losing a lot of crop. Um, and like I said, that's a big majority of Georgians. So
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, and The crazy thing about this decision to like reopen a state um, outside of it being profoundly dangerous, right? It's it's gonna put like Georgians at further risk. This ill-informed decision, basically to return to quote unquote normalcy, yeah, is basically not what the state needs right now at this time. Um, we need strong, competent, effective leadership, right? That values right. humanity over everything else. Um, we see in his, his reopening order, <laughs> the type of places that he wants to reopen, right? And like, <laughs> these are all places that black and yeah, brown people marketing. believe yes. in it, right? The nail salon, the barber shop, right? Like you know, tattoo, you know, to play right. into that thug and, and right. gang,
0: you know, right trope that they want you to play into, yeah.
1: Exactly. This is what I see, basically. as just like I, I see that conservative assault, um, and you know, since he can't get through his gang bills and mm-hmm. all the rest of the crazy legislation that he wanted to push um during um the session you know he's going to say oh well let's open it up for these folks maybe they'll go out and uh and go get go get their hair done go get their nails done uh, right. go get a tattoo like that's not helping anyone right, right. um it's just putting people at further risk and Um, I just, I think this man should not be elected to anything. Um, You know, the work that I do every day is is centered around voter um, protection and protecting the right to vote. And it all goes back to this this last election in 2018 where voter suppression played a huge role and we're dealing with the serious consequences of that now that this man is governor, right? Mm -hmm. Just think what, just think of the response, right? From Brian Kemp. Now, think about if you had a Stacey Abrams who is governor of Georgia, how different the response would have been um, Mm -hmm. and how many more people probably would have been safe, right? And it would have been day and night. (laughs) Right, right. We see like the governors of like California and New York Um, and a lot of the Western governors are doing to really show good leadership around this issue. And then the Southern governors get on a call and they're like, all right, let's reopen our states. (laughs) Let's protect business, right? So, I don't know. I guess it goes into, you know, which do you value more? Do you value more of protecting someone's business or their life, right? A business can always come back, but if you're dead, you're dead, right? (laughs) that's it
0: and you know i always start the podcast with the personal is always political and the political is always personal Mm -hmm. and you know that this is a clear example of that and so i know a lot of people on social media have been like talking about you know can governors be charged um for negligence or for attempted murder if they allow such acts to to happen like can families who um, end up having family members die as a result of his uh, malpractice as governor, if you will. Can can they take action? What action can they take?
1: You know what? I'm not an attorney, um, but I I'm not even sure. Right? I would I would hope that you know people would be able to um, bring some type of like litigation or a class action suit um, against him for his negligence. Um, but my thing is this, right? You know, even if folks can't do that, there are remedies to addressing this, right? And I'm always going to be an advocate for um, for voting and voting rights and people going to the ballot and choosing good leaders. Um, there's an election. He, he's up in 2022, right? That is right around the corner. And that will be the time to hold him accountable, right? When he comes and asks, for us to, you know, renew his contract <laughs> as governor, because you know, he's, this is a job. He wants us to renew his contract. I think the people of the state should say no. And the, the primary reason should be like, you failed us at a time when we most needed you to be a strong leader. Right, and You were not up to the task. So no, sir, we, we don't want you for another four years. Right. And, um. I think that also means, you know, whoever runs um, against him that year, they need to be able to say, oh, look, you know, I can actually provide leadership that he can't, right? Right. And also send with that person, you know, or by that time, keep with that person a strong Democratic majority in the Georgia House of Representatives, right? Because okay. that's something we're working on this year. Yes. But, you know, outside of, outside of, taking you know him to task during during the election season right now unless there's just something like so egregious that is out there the only way you know we can probably like address this is if the legislature were to impeach him um you know or if he just did something like you know killed someone god forbid yeah uh, personally you know i think he'd be able to charge with that but i'm not sure if you know people can bring litigation against them right now, but I would hope that they could. Andre, you're an organizer of
0: organizers. So what can people be doing now? Like while they're at home, how can they take action now? What, can, what movement can they be part of to, know, to like, feel like they're making a difference, to feel like they're not just um, watching the problem um, get bigger and bigger, if you will, um, but what can they do? Um, just in their homes to kind of help?
1: Yeah. One thing I would say, the first thing I would say is stay informed, right? There's a lot of information that's being like put out there. I would not say don't listen to the president's daily briefings, you know, (laughs) and some of these governors, their daily briefings. I would listen, I would listen in in Georgia to what he's saying. Um, I'm not, encouraging people to listen to this president because everything that comes out of his mouth is either a lie or just just very bad information. Like yesterday, he told people that bleach and like Lysol, we should probably use that to try to cure people. Um, it was probably one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard All right, in life. Right? Um, sure. But I would definitely say the first thing is to stay informed. Um the second thing for me, and I'm gonna because I'm in this space right now, right? I'm gonna say look up there are elections all over the country right now, right? Um, especially in the South. Um, you have Senate races, you have congressional, um congressional races, you have the presidency is up for grabs this year, right? Um and these things actually mean something, but then you also have local elections and in, in places where you live, like for for maybe city council or county commissioner, you may have state legislature races. I would say definitely look up who's running, and if you have time, right, reach out to that campaign, make some phone calls, send some text messages, right, because you can't knock on doors or anything like that. But there's still ways to engage, um, uplift those campaigns. You know, like talk about them and the values that they they sh- that they. Um, they espouse and, and want to um, take to take with them to whatever governing body that they're um, looking to seek. So um, definitely in, informed. Um, secondly, definitely you know looking out for you know your local elections and races um, to be involved in um, are definitely two ways. I would definitely say uh, to. Um, to be involved right now. Um, Another thing too is, you know, with this pandemic going on, the way we vote is changing. So I know in Georgia here, we have all um, vote by mail. Um, Some people will be able to go to polls to vote, um, but we've switched to a vote by um, absentee ballot program, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So the majority of people in the state will probably be voting um, absentee ballot. Um, and just knowing that process um, of how to request the absentee ballot, how to send it back, how to check to see if it was received and that your vote was counted, um, what to do if you have problems um, and you don't see it, right? Like calling voter protection hotlines. I know my organization is funding um, voter protection programs in 19 other states outside of Georgia.
0: i love to see it.
1: Yeah, man. Like people, people's right to vote have to be protected. You know, as sad as that may sound, in 2020, right, we're still talking about this, and these are conversations that our grandparents and great-grandparents were having um, and fighting for, and like, you know, I don't think they would have ever expected, you know, that their grandchildren, great-grandchildren, would still be fighting the same things that, you know, they were fighting.
0: It's no longer Jim Crow, it's James
1: Crow now. James Crow, Esquire. (laughs) he's sharp with a suit he's slick he's slick talk and he looks like uh looks like brian kemp (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying man i'm just saying keep it real keep it real yeah but those are some things um that folks can do um also i know that people need masks uh one thing my grandmother she started to do is. her church um uh, has been delivering masks to different places um and my grandma she sews so she's been like sewing masks um and donating them to you know with her church to different organizations um down in in southeast georgia um i mean people can make masks uh also i would definitely implore people to stay safe too like if you don't have to go out like literally stay in the house because this disease is is really insane, and I was just reading a report um, that says that it could have mutated um, into like wow. twelve different strain uh, strains right now. So, you know, we don't even know <laughs> like the extent of like how this may look, and you know, people could be walking around with it and not even have it, right? Asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, man, just stay safe. Like don't go out. It's okay, um, you know, to to be in a house. Um, you know, we gotta find things to do, and at the end of the day, we'll we'll get through this.
0: We will, absolutely. Did Um. Brian Kemp send out an executive order um, today stating that schools are to reopen.
1: Um. I did not see that. Um. As of yet, I've been <laughs> okay.
0: I I haven't seen that either. But somebody brought it somebody texted me and was asking me, did I know anything about it? Um, and, you know, I went to searching it, but I couldn't find it. They said he sent it today or says mentioned it today. So I know it won't be on the um, <laughs> or the, the state's website uh, that fast. But um, I don't know if, you, I didn't know if you had heard anything about
1: that. And, you know, it's possible. Um, I, I do know. There was mention of it um, a couple days ago Uh, and then that prompted a response from the superintendent for the atlantic public schools who said that atlanta public schools will remain closed for the remainder of the year um so even if he you know says that school districts have the ability to reopen schools in this executive order because it seems like that's what he's doing. He's passing a buck. He's giving people the option to do things instead of just leading and saying, Hey, I have these broad powers. schools are closed. Right. Passive, huh. are closed. right? You know, it's, yeah, it's very passive. It's not leadership. Um, it's kind of like, well, if you guys want to do it, go on and do it. I'm giving you the option. And that is being complicit. Right. And where people could possibly say, all right, well, the governor said, it's all right, so I'm gonna go get my nails done. And next thing you know, you got 50 people in a nail salon who are now affected with COVID-19 and there are more deaths, right? So, this is insane, <laughs> to
0: say the least. We agreed that we weren't gonna talk about it, but you brought it up. You brought up the presidents. The president. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> how do we? How do we, as a people, not allow what happened in 2016 to happen again in 2020 um what do you have to say to those who say that their vote doesn't matter hillary clinton won the popular vote yet we still got trump like what do you have to say like how does that work explain that to us
1: yeah i mean honestly i wouldn't i wouldn't say that your vote doesn't matter your vote always matters right it's just the type of system um, on a national level that we have with the Electoral College, right? When you vote for president, you're actually voting for electors, right? Who will then cast a ballot for, who are, who have an obligation to, pass, <laughs> to um, vote for um, whoever wins uh, that state. They're not required to by the Constitution, but it has been practice um, that uh those votes will usually go to whoever wins the state right there have been times where that hasn't happened but more than often um in our country's history um that person who usually wins the state uh will carry the the state's electoral vote so we'll take delaware for example right delaware has three electoral votes um three being the number of the two senators plus the one congressional representative that they have, so it's by congressional representation. Um, And that state usually votes Democratic, right? So let's say Biden wins Delaware, which we expect him to, right? Uh, Biden would win Delaware's three electoral votes, which would go towards the 270 number that he needs to clinch to actually be president. So there are 535 electoral votes up for grabs. Um, to win a majority, you have to win 270, um, to be elected president. Um, so yeah, I I would say that your vote does count. It really does.
0: For those saying that their vote doesn't matter. It really does matter because you're choosing the electorates in a
1: sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, at the end of the day, (laughs) Um, you know Hillary Clinton did win a popular vote, and she probably could have won a couple more electoral votes, right? But there were a couple of states where turnout was really low, um, and we can go back and forth like all day as to why that was. And I don't want to relitigate the 2016 election again. Um, I, yeah, right. Where <laughs> right now there's a whole new nominee. I think Hillary was a great nominee, um, but she was failed. Um, by her team, in my opinion, um, especially in, in certain places where she should have won, right? She should have won in Michigan. She probably should have won in um, a couple other states. Um, but the turnout just wasn't as high there because I think there was this, I guess there was this um, this thought that, oh, Trump is so bad, and Hillary is like the smartest and best nominee we've ever had, the most qualified person ever to be president. Um, but I don't think they had a good pulse on where the country was. Right. And, yeah. the, you know, how this country still um, will choose white male patriarchy um, over anything else. Right. Um, and it just goes as a rejection to, I believe, the first black president. Right. And say, oh, you guys gave us a black president. Now you're going to try to give us a woman as president um no we're not going for that yeah and it's, it's just like we have to call a spade a spade uh a lot of people want to say oh it's because of this and because of that no i still believe racism and sexism they played, played the top roles the primary roles and yeah. hillary clinton's defeat um
0: these so- socialization if you will um that are very much prevalent and that very much reign supreme and we as Americans buy into it every, a lot of the time, I'm not gonna say every every day, but like a lot of the times, we buy into it because it's ingrained in us. It's, it's something that's been indoctrinated. Um, right. so it's kind of hard to other yourself because othering yourself means alien, alienating yourself from <laughs> privileges that a lot of people wanna enjoy. But in the end, um, it's really important All in all for us to try to override the system um, by being active by being politically active and by being politically aware Um, yes politics may not be your forte, (laughs) but it's so important for you to be
1: aware and honestly right now it definitely should be something you care about right because literally you can say oh man my vote doesn't matter or Oh, politics um, doesn't affect me, but it literally is affecting every single day of your life now, right? You know, the governor here in the state has a has state of emergency power, right? So literally, he can affect like where you can go, like what you can do. If he signed the order, that said, "Look, the whole state is quarantined. No one is to leave your house." You would not be able to leave your house, right? And this like. This is because of politics, right? This is because of like right. him being a leader, him being voted in by people. Um, you know, I, I just I, I think we do ourselves a disservice when we um, are unaware um, about what is actually happening around us. And I can understand why, right? We can we can really like go deep into you know the reasons why people just generally distrust government, generally. Yeah as politicians and politics. And those reasons are valid, Um, but- Very much so. But I I, I just would hope that people could divorce themselves from, you know, a lot of those previous fears or bad, uh, poor experiences they've had, right? With um, like the political process or just politics in general, um, and come to understand that, hey, like this, matters, it like you matter, and yeah, like absolutely. this affects your everyday life. Um, it affects you. It affects your children. It affects your mama, your grandmama, your aunties and uncles. Um, and we we should definitely know what's going on in our in our cities, in our state, and in our country, right? And shoot, even in, even in the world, um, because another thing now is like the president said, "Oh, I'm closing off the borders." So he's using this this pandemic as a way to be xenophobic, right? And, you know, further um, try to make people who are other, right? Seem dangerous. Um, So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. I hate to stop the conversation here, but we are wrapping up. And as I do, all of my guests... I will allow you this opportunity to share your socials, where people can find you, where they can keep up with your work, but also learn from your post and learn from you. So, where can they find you on social media?
1: Um, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, it's underscore A D Fields, F I E L D S. And then I'm also on um, IG at Andre, A N D R E. Dwayne D U A N E underscore. So, yeah, um, I'm trying to. I try to post a lot of updates, um, especially on Twitter, um, about what's going on um, in terms of you know COVID nineteen, uh, what's going on in the state and the responses to it and whatnot. So, yeah, if y'all want to follow and keep up um, with nerdy political stuff, definitely follow me. You know, these are very important conversations we need to have. Um, and, you know, I hope that, you know, your platform um, in this discussion could have helped, you know, even one person uh, yeah. today, something about what's going on in our state, you know, ways to get involved about <laughs> the presidential election. I know we kind of went over that real quick. Um, maybe we have another discussion more we can, in depth we can about come. that.
0: If if they if they uh request it if they like that, we well, we can request you to come back.
1: Cool, <laughs> oh, but um yeah this this was great man. I really appreciate it and you know all that you're doing, um with with, with this platform.
0: shout out to Dre for coming through Poppin Policies. The conversation was lit. Dre is someone who has a wealth of knowledge. He has a lot of experience and expertise surrounding politics. And so I am grateful to call him friend and mentor and just grateful that we were able to have this conversation to share with the masses. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow the podcast on Instagram at Poppin Policies Podcast or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at I am R Jordan for more updates on podcast episodes and their air dates. It's May, y'all. May is here, so you already know what that means for me. If you don't, it's my birthday month, and so I am going up all month long. Please be on the lookout for a special episode airing on my birthday next Wednesday, May 6th. It's going to be popping, y'all. That's all I'm going to say about it. It is going to be popping. So with that being said, we can end it here. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. See you next time, May 6th, on Poppin' Policies with your host, R. Jordan Davis.